Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Del Jolly on the Rider Flex podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How about you, Steve? Great to see you, bro. Great to see you. I wish... I don't know why we haven't gotten together in the last 12 months or however long it's been, but damn, uh, got to get in your backyard at that cool uh, farmhouse you got over in Longmont and, and get together soon. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think the last time you stopped over, we had that concert in the yard and uh, yes. that uh, one of those bands, that um, string band, they, they're playing for, uh, they open for uh, Mountain Yonder String Band. Is that what it is? I'm not a, a big blues guy, but... Yeah. Uh, they, they've been on tour. They're going to come back here in May. So might have oh. to do another yard party and get you out here. Oh yeah. And I remember you saying first annual, you know, we, you know, and you're at the time you're like, I don't know, maybe we'll do another one. We'll see. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we'll come, we'll come back for the listeners that don't know. Dell's got this really cool property. We're going to give you the address right now. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> come on down everybody. Uh, he's got this cool property in Longmont where it's uh, several acres and uh, just a great place to get together and, and fellowship, if you will, if I can use that word uh, and just enjoy each other. And uh, yeah, awesome place. Uh, so what has been happening lately? Well, you know what, before we do that, can you tell the listeners about you, the person, as much as you want to share? Because you have a beautiful family. You know, Jackie's awesome. Uh, great kids. I mean, just give a little bit of personal overview, if you don't mind, about Dell before we get into business. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much. Um, I'm, a, I'm one of the only Colorado natives anymore, it would seem like. Born and raised in uh, Denver. Uh, you know, went to Arvada West High School and and all the things okay. um lived here pretty much my whole life little stints in arizona and michigan and whatnot but uh really love colorado i um have three beautiful children a 15 year old daughter 12 year old son and a six-year-old daughter uh really enjoy really seeing them grow up and all the all the joys of parenthood as as many people do um avid outdoorsman like you, Steve, love spending a lot of time outdoors. I do a lot of uh, bow hunting with traditional archery equipment equipment, and uh, our, cool. our llamas. So uh, my, my dad's an artist and he takes um, llamas in the backcountry to do painting and he's trained them up. And so I take them bow hunting in the fall. And uh, so a lot of time outdoors and uh, I focus most of my energy now, though, I do a lot of jujitsu. So I've been um, pretty heavy into jujitsu for the last six years, almost uh, not, not necessarily daily. I can't take it daily, but, you know, I'm getting in there four or five times a week. So um, just kind of going through it all while I, while I try to build businesses and nonprofits and uh, do some yeah. good on earth before I exit. Have you ever had, uh, and I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up. Have you had your testosterone tested and have you ever taken those, the shots for, for tea at all? I, I have not. I've looked a lot into it. I've got a lot of friends. I'm 41 years old. So it's kind of the point where people start talking about it and whatnot. And I've got friends of mine who are doing it and who are absolutely jacked and, um, yeah. say <laughs> nothing but good things about it. But I have a, I have a, challenge in the sense that um when you start injecting yourself with that your body stops producing on, on its own I and see. Okay. i've been told by these guys in particular like yeah i think your tea's probably fine you know i'm yeah i mean i would assume it is but i mean you never know yeah I, just yeah. knowing you and all the things you do i would be shocked if it was low however i'll tell you uh the reason i brought this up my my uh, oldest son is 32 
he i'll I should show you a picture of him uh, you know he's he's yeah definitely jacked but uh, he was kind of jacked before but anyway he was like man i just don't have enough energy and then his friends at the gym you know they're all talking about it all the guys at the gym were like yeah man i'm taking the t-shots and so he finally went and got tested he was like 320 which is for a 32 year old is kind of low and uh and he was taking them for three four months and he's like dad he's like dad I feel great. He's like, I feel like a Viking warrior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, in my mind, I'm, I'm saving it when I, when I okay. can't, um, I do 15 round Fridays at 10th planet Denver. That's a okay. the gym I go to. Okay. And uh, the moment I can't go through all 15, five minute rounds and hang with the young guys, then uh, I'll start looking into it. But I, <laughs> I was rolling with this, this guy who's just, an absolute thug and really, really tough, tough kid. And I uh, asked him how old he was and he was 25. I'm like, okay, if I could roll with a 25 year old, and he asked me how old I was. I told him I was 41 and he, he thought I was lying to him. So <laughs> yeah, you're in, uh, Hey, you're in pretty damn good shape for your age, my man. Uh, for sure. I mean, man, I wish I'm 56. I just think it's, it's too late for me in jujitsu. Isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, what I know, Anthony Bourdain, the, yes. the yep, yes. he started when he was 58 so okay okay and wow and he he lost a lot of weight and looked really good there towards the end before he passed but uh yeah and i'll you know it's 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 a beautiful sport because i used to wrestle and uh mm. that's too fast too hard too grind you know jujitsu is very slow and methodical i tell wrestlers because you always get these wrestlers coming in the room and they want to go hard and i'm i'm down to do that but the idea is if you're breathing through your mouth you're wrestling if you're breathing through your nose you're doing jujitsu oh interesting okay all right yeah that makes sense from from what i've heard okay interesting i've thought about trying it we'll see you know we'll see i want to on the outdoor stuff real quick I just got to tell a funny story for the listeners when I first met you. So I'm kind of a Jeep trail riding, hiking, riding my ATV, going the back country, which I, at the time I thought was pretty cool. I was like, Oh yeah. I, you know, I go back further than everybody else. And I get, I get way back in there and we're at a bar one time when I'm telling you and you're like, yeah, that's cool and all. But just so you know, me and my dad, we have llamas and we like backpack into the wilderness for 10 days. I was like, okay, shit. All right. I'm not really that cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know in Colorado, there's, there's uh, various in, in Colorado, as you know, Steve is getting very, very crowded. I know, bro. Yes. It's, it's wild. There's areas I don't hunt anymore just because they're just so many people skirting the wilderness, but that's it. When I focus on areas to, spend time in Colorado. I focus on wilderness areas. These are designated areas that are specifically for foot travel. No vehicles, travel. Yep. No, vehicles no, no bicycles, no bicycles. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but even then, man, it's tough to get away. It is, you know, yeah, we could do a whole podcast on that. Uh, I, I am annoyed. Not that I don't like people, but man, if I work my way back in there for four hours and I try to get away from people and then somebody pops around the corner, I'm annoyed by that. I'm like, God, man, uh -huh. can I? <laughs> That's okay. It's okay to be, I think some of the best advice my dad ever gave me was spend some time alone in the wilderness. Yes. It's so awesome. It's so uh, great. Yeah. Alone. No one, no friends, no not one. you and your wife or by yeah. yourself. Yeah. I do humble. it all the time. I do. I do it all the time. I probably did 15 solo trips last summer. And uh, I, I always come back just so refreshed mentally, physically, emotionally. It is a wonderful thing. Uh, we could do a whole podcast on it. But okay, so um, you live in Colorado now. You three beautiful children, by the way. Your oldest daughter. I'll never forget the first time she met me. We were in your backyard. And does she still dissect people like pretty fast? When she meets somebody, she's kind of like, "I'm gonna." She she's. <laughs> I'll say she's a very special young lady. She is so in tune and uh, yeah. uh, could speak to any adult and quite honestly, hold a more interesting conversation than most. <laughs> she was, she was sizing me. She was sizing me up in the first two minutes, even back then uh, she was kind of like, okay, I got you figured out. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Your kids are awesome. I saw that great post you did about your son the other day too. That was a great photo. Uh, where were you? Where, where were you on that? He was standing uh, well, on something. Actually, it was his friend who took that photo and they were showing me these photos. I'm like, man, that's a sweet photo. Send me that. Yeah, you know, so 
Yeah. Um, yeah. That was really love, cool. Love them. Spent a lot of time with them and it's great to be with them. Your early career real quick. Let's just really touch just a little bit before you got into cannabis and entrepreneurship. Tell the listeners, you know, kind of about your early career and what you thought you were going to do for a living. Just really fast. Maybe a couple of stops in there. Yeah, man. When I was going to college, uh, it was it was for biology and I uh, wanted to be a wildlife biologist. I was mm. doing internships at the Rocky Mountain Arsenal where we were, you know, doing telemetry studies on whitetail and mule deer, catching them, putting collars on them, tracking them, catching burrowing owls and taking um, vials of blood for West Nile, those types of things. And, um, you know, like a lot of people, man, kind of got lost and got challenging for me. And, uh, mm-hmm. I got a, a job with my uncle, uh, installing windows and whatnot and okay. start making some money and start getting paid. It starts kind of, you know, changing some things when you're a young kid, it's the first time you'd have money, you know, and, uh, long story short, I kind of bailed on that, which, which I'm okay with now because what I do allows me more time to spend in the outdoors. Um, but, uh, started doing a construction company and it turned into eventually, uh, really flipping houses for real estate investment trusts. Okay. And they were buying every house in Colorado in 2000 and, you know, eight, nine, 10. Um, at one point, my, my biggest client was buying 30 plus houses a week, you know, wow. Wow. And, and they've done a very good, they're still very great friends of mine. Um, but we were flipping these projects for them. It was always a three bedroom, two bathroom. Every house got the same paint. Every house got the same faucets. Every house got the same carpet. Um, it's called Colony American Homes. Okay. Colony, so that was the biggest client. Um, and so I was doing that for a while and, and it afforded me this property here in Longmont that we're talking about. I flipped this house for myself okay. and uh, I was getting back into gardening because my grandparents have big gardens in Michigan and uh, they have farms and um, hoop houses. And, and so okay. I spent summers okay. out there gardening and uh, finally moved out of our condo into this house and started gardening. And a friend of mine was like, uh, Hey, you know, you, you, uh, really are into food and growing your own food and you you know how important that is compared to food that you buy at the store or just kind of what that journey looks like why are you so against cannabis you know because at I the was, time okay so that's a good so, and at that time you were not a cannabis guy you were not okay All correct right. yeah All and right. this is this is 2015 ish had you ever you tried know, it have, had you ever tried yeah. it you had yeah tried I, it, you I, just I tried it, it and you okay. know, okay. all the things, but I, I just got in my head somehow, some way that, you know, weed is for losers, right? All, and I always say this and it's embarrassing, but it's absolutely truth all the while drinking my ass off, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. So like weeds for losers yet, it's okay for me to drink a handle of Jack Daniels on a weekend. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, <laughs> I kind of was thinking about that and then, um, and then I saw, a documentary he told me about called the culture high. And I just saw Mm. these, uh, this dad fighting for his son who was having seizures. And the only thing that was working was cannabis. And I'm a very conservative guy, very libertarian, you know, and, and the idea of the government telling me to do anything at all is, um, (laughs) yeah, but yeah, man, my, my values aren't really aligning and cannabis should be a choice. And so, I see. That just kind of snowballed into a ton of things, you know. I see, and it's so and so. Then you're still flipping houses. That's right. You're still making money doing the construction, flipping houses at the time. As you're starting to ease into the cannabis knowledge, and okay, you're kind of easing into that. What was the pivot point? What was the what was the turning point or the moment where you said, "Wow, I'm actually going to figure out a way to to make a living." and, and pivot into cannabis full time. What was the, what happened? Yeah, totally. It's totally clear. I remember the day very clearly. I went to the realm of caring, which is Heather Jackson's organization, which you're, you're familiar with. You've placed people there. Yep. Um, and I went there and I visited these moms, uh, who told me the stories of what they were having to do to save their children from epileptic seizures. Why did you go to that first visit? 
Why did you schedule that first visit? Do you remember? I feel like I, I, I'm trying to, I've always tried to figure out what was happening. I can't remember if it was, I was looking into cannabis and I saw, no, this is, this is what it was. I was looking into cannabis at the time. I had some friends who were fighting in the UFC. Okay. And I saw this campaign that the realm of Canada was doing with Jake Plummer, my now current business partner okay. and other NFL players around, uh, uh, CBD for chronic traumatic encephalopathy, you know, uh, okay. And, All right. There it my is. Friends okay. who were fighters I thinking, see. wow, they're getting concussions too. And so I, I went down there cause they were having a golf tournament in this campaign and I wanted to uh, just learn more. Okay. All right. But then when I saw what these moms were doing for their kids, it was just like, Holy smokes. I spent the day there felt emotions. I hadn't felt in a very long time. Okay. Came home and for whatever reason my family wasn't there. They're always home, but for whatever reason they weren't. And so I was doing some stuff. And and when they came in, I remember. And you know, this is my daughter who you referred to was you know probably six seven years old. And um, I just remember them coming in and them asking me how my day was, and I just started breaking down crying. Really? I, wow. I was just so grateful for their health, and I was so angry at what these moms had to do just, just to access a plant and a deep realization that I was part of the problem. Every time I said weed is for losers or, you know, that's bullshit. Don't do that. You know, I see uh, that's, that's part of the problem because there's no education behind it. And that's kind of the way a lot of people, myself included in the past have just operate. We just mm-hmm. get it in our heads. And so I just knew that when I, when I was crying there with my kids, I'm like, I haven't felt this way in such a long time. I I'm done. I need to, I need to dedicate my life to something like this. Wow. I see. Okay. That was, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. That's kind of how it got started. Okay. Was uh, Jackie, I hope you don't mind me mentioning your wife's name on the podcast. Maybe she'll want us to cut that out. Was Jackie, uh, was she into cannabis and what was that like for your relationship at the time? Were you like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this. And was she like, what, what the heck? Or was she just all in or was she already in? What was that like? She's always supportive of me. I mean, none of the things that I do unlimited sciences or Umbo or my time at Charlotte's web, none of that ever happens without my wife's support. Um, it's, it's paramount to my success. Yes. Uh, but she wasn't definitely as hard nosed about it as I was not that she was smoking cannabis or, you okay. know, but, um, She's always been much more open than I am. And um, when the transition, she knew like the writing was on the wall for my soul just being drained, flipping houses. There's no, um, for for me, it was just getting challenging in the sense that, you know, managing construction crews is just not an easy thing to do. (laughs) No. (laughs) So uh, when I kind of talked about it, obviously took a, a pay cut but it was actually the first job I'd ever had, like a fir- first, like salaried job. Oh, okay. Um, Cause you had been, of- so, so you had been an entrepreneur basically since you were a young man. I mean, you, you, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I worked for my uncle and then I transitioned to a, a um, two companies, but um, let's see in like 2000, what is the year? What is the year now, man? Like 2000 and, eight i kind of been on my own okay all right um, in front of my all own right. thing and then you're like damn now i gotta go be a employee again okay yeah you <laughs> yeah but there was some comfort in it too just in like i don't know it, it, i guess it didn't last very long I, well th- for three years or whatever but um i've always liked the ability to uh make my own money and, and it, you know you find i always enjoyed like you sound big jobs like wow i just made a lot more income than i did last month because i sold a big job you know the the opportunity to make as much money as you want or or can it just isn't offered there at a a position like this but the the trade-off is what i was doing was very very fulfilling okay and you went to work is that when you went to work for charlotte's web yeah I, i i would have worked at realm of caring but they're in colorado springs and so i said heather who, who, who am I working for? Who do I have to work for to be part of this? And, and she suggested Charlotte's web, which 
just so happens to be one of the biggest, best companies there are for CBD. Right there is a good tip for, uh, I think, younger uh, folks kind of early in their career. Don't just sit around and wait at, at home and wait for somebody to knock on the door to give you an opportunity. Like, you have got to be aggressive. Go to a meeting. Go to an event. Ask somebody, hey, how do I do this? You know, do, approach people, talk to people. Like you can't just sit around and wait for it to come to you. You have to go get it. And, and that's what you did. You, you, you were like, okay, I'm going to be involved. I'm going to go meet the people that I need to meet. I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to find out how to get involved. And you, that aggressive spirit, your work ethic there, which also drove you for the house flipping. That's how, that's how you got the job at Charlotte's Web, right? You just kept, you just kept knocking yeah, on doors. I've never been, um, there's no shame in my game. If I want something, <laughs> right. I wanna, I'm going to go yes. for it. And yes, yes. Um, what the, what's the, is it Eleanor Roosevelt? It's amazing what we could get done when we don't care who gets credit, you know? And so kind of like taking your ego out of it, like, oh, yes. maybe I should, you know, maybe I don't want to, you know what? No, if you want it, go do it. You know, it's it. my friend, actually, Jimmy Rex, who's a big a real estate guy in Utah and does all, all sorts of things really connected to tons of people has a great podcast and all things. He just posted something yesterday about, um, I don't know the the name of the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles who just signed a $225 yeah. million dollar deal. Yeah. The post was about his agent. This um, I saw that post, but I didn't read it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. A uh, uh, young African-American woman who, who, targeted him and called yes. him and got on his ass. And now she just signed the largest NFL deal ever to be done. Yeah. It was something. Was, yeah. She was super aggressive. Like she did something, got him, got a note to him or something. I didn't read it, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, she was aggressive. Just the <laughs> persistence and, and not, and, and obviously as a woman too. And what is, I can yeah. only imagine a very male dominated oh, industry, man, yeah. Yeah. not allowing people to say, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. Like she's not taking no for an answer. So yeah. I, yeah. I think people um, aren't aggressive enough. Totally agree. So you, you get into Charlotte's web. Now you're in the industry. Now you're learning. Now you're meeting people. Were you thinking already? Were you like, okay, this is cool. I'm here to learn and, and meet people and kind of get entrenched in the industry, but I'm going to do something on my own from an entrepreneur perspective or from a business owner perspective. Did you have that goal right away? No, I did not. Um, okay. I love my time at Charlotte's web. I, I was very fulfilled. Um, you know, I could have seen myself work there for a very long time. Okay. But things changed. Um, as, as all businesses do, um, kind of the, some level of the mission driven aspect of children with epilepsy, you know, kind of fell by the wayside. I mean, okay. straight up. And that's kind of something that happens when you go public and yes. um, you know, you've got to be a wider market and all the things there. But again, um, great company, great cause but there's only so much advocacy work you could do. I'm, I'm an advocate. I'm a, I'm a, uh, mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. a Maltov cocktail wheeling rider in my heart, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it kind of just changed. And, and when it did change, it was, it was uh, just challenging for me. A lot of turnover okay. there, a lot of new people coming in and okay. some of the spirit was lost. And while that was happening, was there a pivot for you personally into psilocybin and mushrooms and your interest? Was that, was that kind of ha all happening kind of at the same time you were losing? Yeah. Talk to me about yeah, that. I was working on some things for Charlotte's web. And then on uh, November 11th, 2017, I had a psychedelic experience that shifted absolutely everything for me. Wow. And all that right. was the, day I knew that I needed to step away and, and, and do something else. Tell me about it. Can you share the story? Yeah, I was invited to a, a ceremony using a psychedelic called, uh, five methoxy dimethyltryptamine. This is called, uh, five, five MEO DMT is what it's called. Not to be confused with what Joe Rogan talks about as DMT. That's dimethyltryptamine, completely different. 
This is a substance that uh, is a mushroom substance that. comes from mushrooms. Okay, yeah. No, no it does not. It does not come from uh, mushrooms. It comes from a, a toad. It's an okay. amphibious toad who okay. you uh, vaporize this, and it. This is something that was very uh, new to me. There's a lot of studies being done around this. There's um, we could dive in that in a moment, but so I I went to the ceremony and I had this experience, and it was. Right then and there, it was as though if, oh, that is what I've been looking for for 35 years. Wow. I mean, that, it, it was so crystal clear. And all it was, was just uh, the realization of like who we are and what we truly are here to be. And, and um, it's kind of like reading and reading comprehension. When, when uh, someone says, you know, we're all one people say that and there's mm -hmm. some understanding like yeah we are all one we all mm -hmm. just the human family this is the comprehension of that where you fully wow. comprehend that and it's um was crystal clear and so you don't strike me as the type of guy that gets scared too easy uh <laughs> from what i know about you but but were you a little nervous? Like, were you like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm a little nervous doing this or were you like, let's go for it. Uh, if there's no reservation in doing this and you have any idea of what it is, then you're a lunatic. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, it's a very, it's, it's the Mount Everest of psychedelics. It makes okay. eating a handful of mushrooms seem like, you know, putting a little salt <laughs> on a steak. <laughs> it's very different um and for the yeah, listeners for the scary. listeners can you describe I, I know it's hard to describe but how would you compare it to i don't know getting pretty stoned from just cannabis like is it just how would you describe it because like, i've never i've never uh, done it so I, I don't know um but uh yeah how would you describe it to yeah. the commoner so um, when you inhale this, it, it's, it's very, very interesting for me. The first thing I noticed was time okay. and the fact that it did not exist where it was very clear that there was, there was no linear time. Okay. Uh, and then you break into millions of particles and you dissipate into the universe. And really, um, wow. Okay. It, it's a, it's an incredibly powerful substance, certainly not for, for the faint of heart. Because um, you, do you say that because some people freak out and, and, and have a bad reaction? Is that why you say that or no? Um, it's, it, it just disrupts lives. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing that where you have this experience and the next thing you know, you're, you know, selling all your, stuff and getting a divorce and living in a mud hut down in a, by a river, you know, it's, it's <laughs> very disruptive. Um, uh, it's, it's very much when you hear near death experiences and you hear people describe these experiences, you, you can't tell what's different. Okay. Um, All right. So you have this experience. This is not mushrooms. This is from the toad. This is, I don't know. How do they, how they, I mean, can you, there's a paratroid like? gland on the back of a toad's neck and oh. they, they milk it, if you will. And then that, that I see. Um, venom or not venom, that poison goes on a piece of glass and then you scrape it and you smoke it. And I know it sounds very, very um, drug esque. Um, is it legal? Yeah. It is. is that legal? Nope. It's illegal. It's it illegal. illegal. It is illegal to grab a toad. And and extract this. That is that's yes. like a there's a law against that, like a real yeah, law. Oh. Yes, um, it's a it's a Schedule One narcotic, and these are the things that are being changed though. And in in as as challenging as this might be for listeners, and be like, Jesus, this is like crazy drug talker, but not. <laughs> this is the future of medicine for a lot of people in the sense that um, there's an organization called vets veterans exploring treatment solutions. This okay. is ran by a gentleman named Marcus Capone, a seal team six, 13 year combat veteran died in the wool, red blooded American. He's working with the governor of Texas and uh, Rick. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. you. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Who, I can't remember his name. 
And this is the only thing that saved him from killing himself. How about that? Okay. All right. You Very know. good. So this is not just a, this is not just a, Oh, I'm going to get high and have fun with my friends. There's so many other. Okay. So this, this is not a, recreational. Yeah. You are, okay. you are not doing this recreationally. This is so incredibly powerful. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, why I did. Fuck, well, why, why would the government, boy, this is probably the next question is we could just do a whole episode on just, just this question, but why would the government pass a law that says you can't grab a toad and do that? Like, why would they do that? Because the pharmaceutical companies want you taking their shit instead of doing that. Same thing that happened in the seventies with the uh, Nixon administration. And, you know, in 38, uh, 1938, when Henry Anslinger banned cannabis, it's very difficult to control a population who isn't going to subscribe to your bullshit because they've seen the light of themselves. Mm, they mm. aren't fighting your war in Vietnam. Mm, they're mm. not, you know, going to sit at their desk and do their job and be, mm. you know, drones. I see. So, okay. Okay. Very good. All right. I hate well, we could do a whole another hour just on that, but let's go back. So you have this moment you, you come and now you're shifting now. How does that, tied as psilocybin or does it just take you down that path go ahead yeah so after having that experience and, and again changing my mind on psychedelics completely there okay. you know we're like okay. oh my god what are these medicines that we aren't using yeah. appropriately like cannabis right. right cannabis is the gateway drug it's the gateway drug to show all the bullshit that they told you mm -hmm. about cannabis is false and yeah. what else are they lying to you about yeah, so right. and if, if your listeners could understand that, what did you think of cannabis before maybe you saw children having seizures? And what do you think now? Mm -hmm. Well, same thing goes for mushrooms. Same thing goes for toad. Same thing okay. goes for a lot of these substances. But I um, just knew I that this was where I needed to go. And, I, and it just so happened that Kevin Matthews was starting the Decrem Denver campaign, okay. which was the very first um legislation that was passed to decriminalize psilocybin use in the city of Denver. Okay. And that happened on May 7th, 2019. So I got together with him in early 2018 and started volunteering and working towards uh, that campaign. And we won. And that is what is, in my opinion, uh, invoking all of this movement towards psychedelics now. Before that happened, it was kind of, you know, very taboo and people weren't talking about it. Now there's, you know, psych science happening in Denver in June, the largest psychedelic conference at the Denver Convention Center, you know, so. And you were doing this, you were active around this because you were passionate about what it could do for people and, and healing people mentally, physically with all you, you're like, wow, I, I got to be part of this movement, so to speak. And it was a passion uh, project for you, I guess, at the time, because you weren't getting paid. Not getting paid uh, <laughs> and paying money to do it. And the, <laughs> the idea that I still adhere to, and it is so damn important for people to understand, we have got to decriminalize these substances before we legalize them, before we implement rules and regulation where guess what? The government who has told you these are terrible for you, now you're going to put them in control and tell yeah, them when and how you can take them. And so um, mm. my legacy, going back to my kids, I want them to look back and say, yeah, my dad was fighting for decriminalization for okay. a very long time. You know, that's, should we, that's should we decriminalize all drugs? Would you vote for that? Yes. 100%. Okay. And okay. this is a, the, it, the drug war is a failed war. Yep. It's statistically been proven time and time again. Mm -hmm. There's a book called Chasing the Scream by Jonah Hari. Very good description of what it, what it, um, what the drug war is doing. Mm -hmm. But uh, all okay. this, all this lip service to uh, Black Lives Matter and you know wanting to support our BIPOC brothers and sisters. Yet we still are all down for the drug war. This is who is affected by this. This is who is affected by these laws. And it's very um, apparent they were put in place to um, create these gaps. And when you have a black youth in an inner city 
has no options to make money but to sell drugs or they get caught up in that culture and then they get a charge for a felony drug trafficking. Mm-hmm. You put them in jail, they get out and you're also making them a felon. So now they can't get a job. What are they going to do? How are they going to make money? They're going to sell drugs. Yeah. Uh, there's so many backwards ass things about drugs and it's not working. Opioid, the, the opioid epidemic is turning into fentanyl and, and um, all these other really, really terrible things. And yeah, wasn't, we, wasn't, wasn't fentanyl, fentanyl killed more people last year in the U S than anything else. And they don't, I don't think they talk, nobody talks about it. <laughs> right. It's, it's very, very silly. And you know, what's most interesting though, the cure for this fentanyl addiction and opioid addiction is a uh-huh. psychedelic called Iboga. Is and that a mushroom or what is that? This is an African root vine. Okay. Uh, that is a very, very intense experience as well. It's a 40 hour trip. Um, this Whoa. is, this has the ability to stop uh, opioid addiction in its that? tract where the, the challenge for people who are addicted to opioids is the withdrawals. They can get off for a day or whatnot, but then the, when they start to withdraw, it's so physically painful and terrible. Mm-hmm. They go back to it this stops that this uh, interacts with uh, neurons in your brain that stops those receptors from craving. Uh, and it, it, it will be a, a, everyone will know what it is in 15 years. I'll tell yeah, you but right. Now. But right now the pharmaceutical companies are crushing it because they don't, they're like, what you talking about, man? Don't be, don't be, don't be uh, taking my customers away. We need those addicts. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, you know, it's a, it's a national security crisis. And we don't, we don't, we don't understand that, you know, but we're, we're starting to learn that so much change is happening right now. It and is. I know a lot of people might think this is just crazy talk, but it's the truth. These are, these well, are the things cra- that are happening. The, the crazy talk is I'll use my own mother, for example. I'll use my, my, the crazy talk is listening to a 78 year old that's been brainwashed that opioids are fine, but this other stuff is, is evil. And they just, have no idea and you know all they're they're told from from media or from the government what to believe that's the crazy part that you know my my, yeah my mom was in pain recently and uh, she's popping opioids you know and she's like oh i'm just taking these and then i took an extra one and sometimes i take this but you try to get her to try some cannabis and she thinks you know the the devil's gonna sentence her to hell for the next hundred years that that's the crazy part (laughs) yeah no it, it really is especially when you kind of start thinking about getting a little bit back to nature and understanding, wow, it's pretty interesting how cannabis hasn't, uh, you know, developed alongside our endocannabinoid system. It's almost as though if there's a higher divine intelligence who's developed natural substances that could help us, you know, like we're, we're, we're into allopathy here in the United States and just one way, one molecule and because that's the only thing they could control. And that's the beauty of mushrooms is, or even cannabis. Yeah, we know of THC. Yes, we know of CBD. But when you put those all together and CBGs and all the flavonoids and terpenes and all the things, you have a, a more robust, complicated medicine that actually helps. Not yes. these single molecule things that don't do shit. Right, right. So, okay. So you're moving along in this path and you talk to your friend, Heather Jackson, love Heather Jackson uh, from realm of caring. Um, And how do you guys come up with unlimited sciences, which, you know, explain what uh, explain what unlimited sciences is and how did you come together with, with Heather on that? If you don't mind. Yeah. So for, for me personally, it was about seeing, the writing on the wall for all the work that the realm of caring did with cannabis, where they were collecting information with Johns Hopkins university on how people use cannabis uh, kids in particular, what are the outcomes? Cause whether these things are illegal or not, people are using it. So uh, they had the largest registry on how people are using cannabis. And I was thinking that's going to happen with psilocybin. There's going to be a story that's going to air. And people are going to say, how the hell do I use psilocybin for my, my son who was a veteran or yes. uh, 
my kid who's addicted or all the things that psilocybin is starting to show promise for. And so I reached out to Heather and said, Hey, we should replicate this and do this, this, do the same thing you're doing for the realm of caring and do it with psilocybin. Okay. And for yes, Heather, yep. Heather, who spent decades trying to save her son from his seizures, had a lot of PTSD around that and, and psilocybin helped her heal herself after her son got healing from cannabis. Okay. And so she was um, very involved in wanting to do it too. And she had the blueprint. And so we reached out to Johns Hopkins and said, look at our data that we're doing on the second floor. The cannabis floor is the second floor and the psilocybin floor is the third floor. <laughs> look at the data that's going on there. And, and our principal investigator um, was looking at the data and said, this is good stuff. This is really important information that in clinical trials, observational research registries aren't important. That means, you know, you like people are self-reporting, but when it comes to illegal drug use where you can't have people in a clinic and people are using these things anyway, this is how you uh, do that. So long story short, Heather and I uh, started Unlimited Sciences, a psychedelic research nonprofit. Unlimitedsciences.org, by the way, unlimitedsciences.org. Go ahead. Yep. And uh, we now have just concluded the largest prospective observational research registry on how people use psilocybin. We've had over 8,000 people enroll and right. the data that we have around this is incredibly interesting, very, very important to validate the community and show, hey, we hear these wonderful studies out of Johns Hopkins that are clinical studies, and that's great. But at the end of the day, that's not how people use psilocybin. They don't sit on a couch at Johns Hopkins. That's they, true. they take it camping with their friends or they do yeah. it in a ceremonial setting or they, they, they do all these things. What does that look like and what can we learn from that? And we're learning things that Johns Hopkins isn't aware. Well, they're, they're probably aware of for sure, but we're just getting more data about, for instance, psilocybin and pain. That is something okay. that is going to become a really big thing in the future. Right now, people well, are talking about it for depression and anxiety. It's going to be a, a pain uh, mitigator here in the future. That's great. I mean, if it can be a pain mitigator without being addictive, like opioids, that's the magic. That's the magic moment right there. I mean, that's, that solves so many things. And boy, not to go down a rabbit hole, but if you did try to do that, if, if psilocybin did eliminate pain for a lot of people and stop opioid use, I would imagine you're going to you're going to you're going to get pressure in a bunch of areas from from some powerful organizations that could get scary. I don't want to I don't want to be too conspiracy, but damn, I, you know, you're playing with some powerful folks. <laughs> yeah, I understand. But that's just it. People need to take their health back in their own hands. That's the, that's the problem. We've um, somehow, some way just allowed uh, someone who has some letters behind their name to control what and how we operate, you mm. know, and, and I am not against modern medicine. It's, it's incredible. The advancements and some of the things that they, they um, provide are life-saving, literally life-saving and super important. The difference is, is that for some reason we've just kind of, you know, not done anything for our health. And then it's like when the shit hits the fan, now you're looking for, for a cure. Yeah. Um, so that needs to change within society, but then also these natural medicines, they need to be at least the first look. Yes. You know, at least an option, have, at least, at least, a, at least a legal option for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's just it. It's like, uh, Okay. You, you, you have, you're having seizures. You're having seizures. Okay. Well, let's change your diet. What are you eating? Let's start there because mm -hmm. ketogenic diets help with seizures in big ways. Great. Okay. Hey, that's not working. Okay. Let's, let's change your exercise habits. Okay. That's not working. Okay. Shit. Now we need to start getting a little bit more serious. Let's try CBD. Okay. Wow. Maybe, maybe that worked great. Maybe it didn't. Okay. Let's try CBD with some THC you know, and, and, you know, the, the side effects of that drug are you're a little bit high. Okay. That's one of the side effects. Um, what happens there? Okay. Hey, that didn't stop. Okay. Now we start stepping into mm. benzos and all the other things that might be prescribed. Mm, but the yeah. fact is what happens is my child just had a seizure. Give them some pharmaceuticals, give them benzodiazepine, 
Yeah. Whoa, 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 time out. What about some other things to kind of like mm-hmm. maybe mitigate it without all that bullshit? Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and that's where we've lost sight of. Uh, I, I completely, I completely agree. Is the overall mission for unlimited sciences data collection slash education? I mean, if you had to simplify it, the overall mission is to uh, again have people take their health back in their own hands. Okay. So providing information so they could do that, you know, okay. we, we say learning, healing, and expanding. Okay. Uh, right now, psychedelics are very much being used for um, healing, and therefore we're learning about them. Eventually, we'll be able to expand with them. We'll be able to solve wicked problems by by using these things. So, are you we'll going to open up? Are you going to open up call centers or help centers, or, or, or are you going to do it like Realm of Caring, where people can call and say, "I want to try psilocybin, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing." That's absolutely right. That's okay. absolutely right. And we're already kind of dipping our toes in that. And it's a dangerous place to be in as far as um, giving advice, medical mm. advice. Mm. Uh, oh, but Heather's, Heather's done this before. She knows how to go around it. And that's just it. Our data could be a, uh, a reference point to where it's like, I see. Hey, okay. Our study, there, there's, you know, six people who identify exactly what you did, same, you know, kind of background, uh, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. This is what they did. So I'm just giving you this information. If you want to okay. do with it what you will, but, you know, this person did this many grams in this setting and they had this success. I see. Okay. Yeah. Very, very good. Do you have people you can call yet? Like if people go to the website right now, is there anybody that can help me or not yet? Yeah, we, we, we haven't really made it public. I guess this would be the first, first right. uh, time we kind of talk about it. But um, yes, we have an intake form where you can email um, our director of research right now, Dr. Matt Lowe, who Stanford, Harvard, MIT, all the things. This, this guy is absolutely brilliant. He's actually our executive director at Unlimited okay. Sciences right now. We're, we're dipping the toes in that. There's another group called the Fireside Project. They're fantastic, but they're for during your event and after. And for me, it's like, no, let's do it before. Let's give you mm. the tools before so you don't have to call fireside. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Uh, okay. But All right. the legal uh, loopholes and stuff, it's kind of a challenge there. But that's okay. what we want to do. How are you? Are you raising cash? Are you in the middle of a raise? I mean, is it, are you just as a nonprofit, you're just always open to taking we're, cash and how, and how have you funded it so far? So we're, we're a nonprofit. I was working very, very, this, this is the, this is the genesis of Umbo, our functional mushroom company, Okay. but um, working at unlimited sciences, trying to raise capital, got a few uh, donations here and there. Uh, at the end of the day, Heather has been funding the whole party. Wow. She is a um, saint that's all there is to say about that. Wow. And she believes in this so, so much that she's put a tremendous amount of money behind it to, to get it um, down the road. How about but that? And that, you're probably, and you probably are putting in a shit ton of sweat equity and not getting paid or at least haven't been for a long time. I'm just guessing. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I don't, I don't get paid by unlimited sciences, but it's, it's again, there's, that's going to be my good that I leave, okay. you know, in the sense that I think everybody should have some project where they're just giving, so that's I'm great. trying to trying to do that work, uh, but that's where Umbo, our functional mushroom company, emerged. Where okay. when the pandemic hit, it's like, damn, I'm spending all my time begging for money and not getting shit done, and I can't okay. stand that. And so I thought I could put more time in building a, a company that could create some corporate social responsibility and give back, and then start paying paying for salaries over there, just like Charlotte's Web did with the Realm of Caring. I see. Charlotte's okay. Web, people were Got buying it. that CBD and they were giving a portion to the Realm of Caring. Uh, great, great. Okay, very good. By the way, get 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 umbo.com. Get umbo.com. I see. So, okay, that's what ha- you're like, okay, we got we to fund unlimited sciences a little bit. And, and, and oh, by the way, if I create a product company, it'd be nice to actually get paid. So Jackie stops asking me when I'm going to get a real job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Okay, so it's Umbo is Umbo is the company. It's a uh, functional mushroom product company. Why don't you yep. give us the give us the 
Yeah, give us the overview. Go for it. Sorry. So um, as the pandemic hit, I was actually spending a lot more time with Jake Plummer. Okay. And uh, Rashad Evans is a very dear friend of mine, and we've talked about doing stuff for a while. And I was just thinking, you know what, man? With your guys' love of mushrooms, your good name, you know, what do you guys think about partnering with me on this? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. You know, so – so we started Umbo. Umbo, by the way, is the very top of a mushroom cap. That's a that's what Umbo is. I see. Okay, U M B O. U M B O. Yep, got it. Yeah. All right. So um, we started Umbo, and we have you know li- like functional mushroom tinctures, where we have like you know this is turkey tail right here. I don't know if you see with my blurry screen or whatever. Okay, uh, it's a tincture. All right. All right. Tinctures. We've got you know capsules. We've got. Um, See, yeah, you can see that. Yep. Um, bars, don't you have bars? Mushroom bars that are just like the best bar ever. They, there's two and a half grams of mushrooms in there. They don't taste anything like mushrooms. They're really damn good. Um, and we have a new product line that we're going to start teasing out here really soon. I'm super ah. excited about this. It's very much going to shift the direction of Umbo to be very much more athletically centered. Okay. Um, and that's been kind of a challenge for Umbo in our identity as like, you know, founded by professional athletes, uh, but yep. you're a mushroom company, you know, so athletes don't really understand mushrooms and mm. mushroom people are mm. hyper athletes, if, mm. if you will. Mm. Yep. Uh, so mm. we've had a bit of an identity crisis, but this new line of products that we're going to launch this fall. That's where it's at. That this okay? Is how many how, how many SKUs right now? And do you just order online, or is it available on Amazon? I know it's like three nope, questions. You can order at getumbo.com. Um, we've got two capsule lines: uh, Rise and Rest, Michael Rise, Michael Rest. This is energy and sleep, if you will. Okay. Five tinctures, um, and then we've got the functional mushroom bars. We have a dairy-free bar, which is hands down the best bar I've ever had in my life. And I'm not just saying that cause I, I own the company, but they're damn good. And then we have our original bar, which is damn good as well. Okay. Uh, okay. So, but, but you can only get it on your website anywhere else for now. Right now. That's where we're at. I mean, there's, there's a few retail stores like Lucky's here in Colorado is carrying it. REI in Boulder is carrying our bars. Okay. Uh, but our website's where it's at right now. Um, do you mind me asking, are you using a, a co-packer, a third-party co-packer in Denver for this? Where, where are you having it produced? And are they, do they handle, do they, are they making it for you in their, in their facility and shipping it for you? you? Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, our co-packers are here in Longmont. They're actually okay. relationships I've had. Uh, our bars are made by uh, a, a friend of mine who's, our kids played baseball on the same team. Cool. All right. And so really All cool right. kind of a family owned business that's making our bars for us. And then um, there was a, another uh, hemp company I used to work with who's doing our capsules and shipping for us right now. Okay. Um, and then wow. our tincture line is actually out of California. I really searched high and low to make sure that we were doing the right thing. And there's a young woman out there who's a killer entrepreneur and just trying to crush it. She's actually, She's actually helping me with um, the Mushroom Summit. I'm just going to tell you this too. This is a big event that we're doing at the Denver Convention Center, Center, June 19th and 20th. If you go to themushroomsummit.com, okay. you'll be able to see this event. It's a co-located event alongside the MAP Psychedelic Conference. Ah, so, all right, all right. Um, yep. So we're we're doing that together, but she's she's been in it for a while. She has some really unique extraction processes that we thought would be fitting for our brand. So is, um, is the the extract okay, can you talk to me a little bit? And by the way, we're about to hit we're about to hit our time. Uh, are you a cat? Can we go a few more minutes? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Um can you talk about how it's made? Because I've seen, there's a couple of YouTube videos of you and Jake walking through, it looks like a facility with these great mushrooms. Are you, is there another entity uh, uh, that grows the mushrooms and then you're uh, using those mushrooms back to the co-packer to, to make the product? I hate to sound so 
simplified with my with my description. But can you talk about oh, that for a second? That's right. Yeah. Uh, so so the farm that you've seen us go through is Michael Love Farm. This is Jake's farm. This is this is how the universe works. I had a friend who bought a property in Fort Lupton two years ago, and he calls me up and says, "Dell, I think aren't you getting into the mushroom business?" I just bought a property and there's a mushroom farm on my property and I don't know what to do with it. So wow, wow. I went out there with Jake and we looked at it super cool. And I just said, man, I don't have time for this. I can't be a mushroom farmer, but Jake's like, I can, I can do that. So <laughs> Jake's, Jake's been doing that. And he started um, Michael love farms with some guys growing mushrooms and working on supply chain stuff. Really great company. Good guys there. Um, however, they're not producing our mushrooms just because we buy too many. Um, at this point, they're scaling up and they've got some other brands that they're, they're um, working with. I see. Um, we have our supply coming out of uh, Utah oh. and, and some, some other locations as well. I see. Um, okay. So we I was wondering. okay. Yeah. We've really diversified our supply chain because COVID should teach you that don't rely on one source. Or isn't that so true? Now, the listeners might be thinking, well, are these like illegal mushrooms you're bringing in from Utah? And can you explain the difference between functional and psychedelic? Yeah. So I tell people there's three categories of mushrooms. There's gourmet mushrooms, functional mushrooms, and medicinal mushrooms. Okay. Gourmet in, in not all mushrooms like lion's mane lives in all these categories. So it's not a hard and fast, like, Oh, that's only a functional mushroom, but just for your understanding, button mushrooms that you buy at the grocery store, portobello, something you find on the pizza, at, you know, like that's your gourmet mushroom. That's those are the types of mushrooms that people are looking at as gourmet. You think that functional mushrooms are reishi, lion's mane, cordyceps, shiitake, well, shiitake is gourmet as well. Uh, but for instance, like reishi, this is a mushroom that's been used for thousands of years in, uh, uh, Eastern cultures. You can't eat it. You have to extract it, you know? Uh, so there's a lot more that goes into it than just, um, cooking it and eating it. Okay. Right. So okay. that's your functional mushroom. These are 100% legal and have been in, you know, like I said, we sell our bar at REI. And okay. then uh, as psilocybin mushrooms, psychedelics continue to gain footing, that will be labeled as medicinal mushrooms. I see. I see. I, and are you already, are you already working on product lines for that? I'm sure, Are you already? No, no. And that's the thing, you know, as an advocate and all the work with decrim nature and, and all these things, I want to be crystal clear with all your listeners who might be thinking about it. It's 100% illegal. There is no gray area. Decriminalization, even the legalization that's happened with Prop 122 in Colorado yeah. presents no opportunity for anyone to sell psilocybin mushrooms. It's okay. not going to happen anytime soon. Okay. If you want to get involved in that, I mean, it, it, I don't even know where to tell you to go because it's not going to happen anytime soon. None of the mm -hmm. legislation mm -hmm. that we work to pass has anywhere where someone could sell that to, to people. So, so for the listeners, what was passed was what I can, I can have it, but, but I can't make it. I can't sell it, but I can just have some. Is that what was so passed? Prop 122 <laughs> decriminalized. That means that if you have um, a, a reasonable amount of psilocybin in your possession, what's reasonable, that's something that wasn't hyper-defined. Mm. But, you know, if you have an eighth of mushrooms, containing psilocybin on your persons, no police funds can go towards prosecuting you for that. That's, that's the, that's the law in Colorado right now. The legal aspect, the legalization is for therapeutic models where therapists who go through DORA and all the state regulated models that, that are, we're actually have a, a meeting tomorrow about some of the bills that's going to be changed these therapists can use mushrooms in a therapeutic session with a person, but it's all regulated through DORA. Okay. There is yeah. not a, Hey, I'm going to open up a cool little store down on the corner next to mm -hmm. the cannabis yeah. shop and have mm -hmm. a mushroom dispensary. Okay. That is not happening. There's nothing um, mm -hmm. that has even been started to implement uh, that type of model. So anything you see on Instagram, that's 
buy mushrooms for micro dosing and for yeah. tripping, either you're not getting it, which is probably 90% of the thing they're selling you bullshit sugar, they're selling you candy. Good to know. Or it's a hundred percent illegal and someone's going to get a trafficking charge. Wow. Let's, let's pause, right? That is a, okay. That is a great point. And I can guarantee you the average person walking around in Colorado does not know that. I, I guarantee you, they do not know that. So, so it, when you hear your friends talking about microdosing and, oh yeah, I got some mushrooms for microdosing, they huh. either got it illegally or they think they're microdosing, but they're not. <laughs> if they bought a product on Instagram, yes, that's the case. But if you are growing your own mushrooms uh, and powderizing uh, them and microdosing them, and even if you're growing your own mushrooms and gifting a handful of microdoses to your friends, that's okay. I but see. the moment right. you start putting it in, in pretty packaging and throwing a barcode on it and <laughs> saying this is $59.99, now you are trafficking uh, a schedule one narcotic and you are going to go to federal prison. Wow. It's, it's, it's such a aggravating thing when all this advocacy work that I've been doing for so many years. Yes. Uh, when I was asking people, hey, you think you could donate to our cause? Hey, you know, we need some help. Can you get the word out? No one gave a shit. Now that they think things are legal, I get phone calls. All the time. Hey man, where can I, where can I make money? Where's this headed? I've, I get these questions. Where is this heading? Where can I make money in this? Yes. Like, yes. Fuck off. Where were you when we were trying to <laughs> you know, make the laws? So you have the ability to take the health back in your own hands first and foremost, you know? Mm, wow. The mindset's wow. very frustrating for me and, in, in uh, Wow. Is it yeah. very, is it very, okay. As you describe it, I think about cannabis, CBD versus THC, right? C, C, CBD doesn't get you high, but it comes from cannabis. THC gets you high. Is, is it the same thing kind of with mushrooms where you have functional that has benefits, doesn't get you high, but then you throw in the psilocybin and it gets you high kind of the same thing or no? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, if you think of lion's mane in particular, the university of Queensland in Australia just, put out a really beautiful study around how lion's mane helps uh, with neuronal projection. So think of your, your fist as a, a neuron, and then okay. you put some lion's mane on it, and then it starts to sprout these projections, which then talks to this neuron that sprouts them. And now these neurons are talking to each other. Mm. So mm. lion's mane creates neuronal projections that okay. fire in your brain and can help with, you know, I mean, I think that lion's mane will be a key to dementia and Alzheimer's, any, any wow. brain health related things that your listeners are, are interested in. Mm -hmm. For me, lion's mane, I don't necessarily, I don't really take anything and feel it. I could drink a Red Bull and go to sleep, you know, so I'm okay. not very susceptible but I think that lion's mane very much is kind of like that analogy. It's kind of a, a legal microdose, if you will. Okay. Um, but I take that not because I feel anything in particular. It's because I intend to live to be a hundred years old. And uh, I like my cognitive faculties there when I'm gotcha. Gotcha. Let me, um, let me try to summarize something real quick. Tell me if I'm close. Unlimited science is the nonprofit you know, you, you're, you are raising cash for that, but you created Umbo with your friends as a, a way to actually make some money. So you're kind of, so you're getting paid hopefully eventually, but B to fund unlimited sciences. And as you are doing that, you're educating people. Now you got a product line and you're still working for the advocacy and the passing of more laws for psilocybin to, eventually be in products and when that happens umbo will have products with psilocybin in them is that the overall goal did i get close or no uh, um all all up until the point where there's the play for the psilocybin i don't i don't care about psilocybin in particular i mean in the sense okay. of selling it i see my my advocacy work is so people aren't having their kids taken from them because they have some mushrooms in their house my advocacy work is so people could use ayahuasca and have tremendous healing without being worried about their door getting kicked in and say, what are you guys doing in here? Healing, you know, like <laughs> that's, that's where my heart's at with the advocacy work. 
And I look, see. I'm I'm a capitalist, if you will. Um, if if there comes a time when psilocybin is legal and able to sell, uh-huh. will we sell it? Yeah, maybe because it's a pretty damn good mushroom. It's a really good functional mushroom okay. in microdosing and whatnot. Okay. However, I would have to think that I'd like to see every city decriminalized. Here's the thing. This is what kind of irks me. People in Colorado, we mm-hmm. just think about CBD like, oh, yeah, CBD, buy it at a gas station. You know, you don't even think True. twice about it. That's right. That's because you don't understand that there's, I don't know, like 20 plus states. It's 100% illegal. And a child who's having a seizure in Idaho cannot be given CBD. That's crazy. I, I, you're right. I don't even think about it. Living in Colorado, that never even crosses my mind. Wow. You don't think about it. And so that's what I'm trying to hope would I would see happen is instead of I'm going to make a CBD product and sell it at a gas station, it should be we need to be working for Idaho so they could catch up so these children having seizures there mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. Use, utilize these medicines. That's what takes priority, not my brand. You know, you know what I aggravates me. There's a, and I will wrap it up with this. What I, one of the things I love about you, man, is yeah, you're a capitalist to a certain degree, but really, from what I know about you, you're 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 like that because you got to pay the bills and put food on the table for your family. But that's not really your primary mission. It's like, yeah, I got to do that because that's how I live. I got to pay my mortgage. But really, it's so much deeper for you. There, there's there's a there's a much bigger mission going on here, and you are very clear about that, uh, which which I love about you, bro. That's because you care about people. You really want to help people, and you've said it kind of in so many ways. You're like, look, I'm doing this to help people and educate people. Do I need to figure out a way to make a little bit of money so I can pay the fucking bills? Yes, but that's not the primary reason I'm doing it for all these other reasons. And you've made that very clear, very clear. And I love that about you, man. Love it. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I just, I want my kids to look back and think that I actually did something that was worth, you know, worthwhile and not, not build a, a company, but I hope that I hope somewhere in Wikipedia, when the psychedelic renaissance happened in the Western world, maybe <laughs> I'll get a, a little bit of a plug. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of Wikipedia, how about how about you run for office? Because I think you could you you you've navigated these waters. How about running for governor in Colorado? How about how about doing something bigger with politics? No, no, man. It's I I'm I'm uh, I'm too angry. I'm too angry, and uh, people. <laughs> People don't resonate with me. I think I think the only people who I think if you spend enough time with me, people like me. But you know, when I first come off, I'm I'll say whatever I need to say immediately, and so I'm not I'm not very good at politicking. And uh, I'm sure you could find some other podcasts where I've said some pretty terrible things. Um, and well, I guess ever- I just self-admitted to a bunch of drug use too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd vote for you. I would help with your campaign. Uh, Dale, thank you. Thank you you so much. Congratulations on everything you're building and thanks for sharing your story. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I appreciate you, Steve. Thank you so much.